Hey, hey, Soul Sisters. I am absolutely thrilled to bring this show to you. I am actually interrupting our chakra clearing series just for, um, so for, for some freshness and because I just think you will really love this story. Uh, this is an interview I did with a gentleman named Ryan West who has overcome a brain tumor. And he's the first guy we've had on the show. And um, he's got a really amazing story and a lot to share. And I'm just really excited for you to be able to hear his story. So um, I'm going to just share this with you mid chakra clearing series. So um, hopefully you've been enjoying the uh, lower lower three chakra um, awakening um, exercises that you've been doing and that I've been sharing with you. And hopefully that's making a difference in your life. And now hopefully this will make a difference in your life. If you have um, some friends or some family members who may be going through cancer or a traumatic um, illness or something like that, you know, I, I would love it if you just shared this with your, with those people, because anything that we can do to bring inspiration to people who are extremely challenged and to help people know that there is a way out, like it's not everybody's path to recover, but it is everybody's path to become empowered. So, um, if we can just bring empowerment to people, then maybe recovery can happen. Um, I've seen recovery happen in myself. I've seen recovery happen in my patients. I've seen recovery happen in people in my family and my friends, and um, we just have to remember that that's available to each and every one of us. And it, it, well, at least empowerment is available to each and every one of us. So um, thank you for spreading the word, and thank you for spreading empowerment with me, and um, I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, hey, Dr. Brandy here. And one of my favorite things to do is to help women truly enjoy their bodies, to feel healthier, to turn back the aging clock from the inside out, to enhance their energy throughout the day, and to help them feel sexier no matter what age they're in. This is all accomplished through a process that we take together, but we, we, we begin with a personalized health assessment that identifies your toxicities and your deficiencies and the spiritual and emotional blocks that may be getting in your way of you living your own life on fire. And what I've found is that there's always room for optimizing your life, regardless if you're a career woman at the top of your game, a mom who has kids leaving the nest, or an athlete that feels that he's at peak performance. There is always room for optimization. And... If you're interested in learning how to optimize your own life and would like to see if you're a good fit to work with me one-on-one, there are a few spots that I've opened up and I wanted to make this available to my listeners of the Turn Your Soul on Radio community first. So if you'd like to apply, head on over to my website, drbrandyvictory.com forward slash activate. That's A-C-T-I-V-A-T-E, drbrandyvictory.com forward slash activate and that's brandy with a y <laughs> and uh, fill out the form you'll be given an opportunity to connect with me and we can have a deeper conversation to see if it's a good fit so thank you so much for being a part of the turn your soul on radio community and i looked forward to the potential of going forward on your wellness journey with you 
You are listening to Turn Your Soul On Radio. I am your host and visionary doctor, Dr. Brandi Victory, and my mission is to assist high-achieving women in closing the gap between feeling unfulfilled to living a life on fire. It is time, ladies, to champion our own lives and turn ourselves on. This is Living Victoriously, ladies. This is how you turn your soul on. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Thanks for Hello. being here. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, but he's also overcome some really incredible things. And I just felt like his story is so inspirational that I couldn't help but share it with you ladies. So, uh, I'm just going to give you a little intro here. Ryan West is a brain tumor survivor. He literally survived a freaking brain tumor. I mean, Ryan, that's incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to talk about it. And um, I'm honored to be the first male to be on the show. Uh, <laughs> I, I think what I've learned, you know, um, with specifically with a brain tumor, any illness, when you go through that, um, you have an extra gear. You just got to figure out how to use it to make even more successful. And that's really what it's all about. So I, I'm very happy to be on, very honored to be on. And I uh, can't wait to um, talk through all this stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. You know, Ryan also are, um, suffers for something from a disease called acromegaly. And I think he's going to describe to you what that is. And he's also, thank you for your service, Ryan. He is a U.S. Navy veteran. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, wow. Thank you so much. So Ryan likes to use his experience to help spread motivation and inspiration to people who are suffering. And, you know, the essence of this show is to help women know that they can too. You know, so many people, I mean, even with with my coaches, I look up to my own coaches and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gods, they're angels, you know, (laughs) but they're human too, right? We're all human and we're all going through things that are very difficult and challenging and there's a lot of suffering and there's a lot of, you know, hardship and there's a lot of trauma and through all of that, we grow into the people that we want to be. And Ryan has just really made a huge step in his well-being to overcome brain tumor and to be living with acromegaly and to, to now be really working so hard to make sure that other people have the inspiration to move through their, their illness and their disease. So Ryan's also uh, uh, in the podcasting family with me. He has a podcast called Revealing Healing, and uh, you can find that on iTunes and some of your other, I don't know, are you on Stitcher, Ryan? I'm on Stitcher and Spotify. Kind of The only one I'm not on yet is iHeart. I don't know what the delay is there, but yeah, um, specifically for the the other large ones, I guess, Spotify and and, um, iTunes, obviously, and um, Stitcher. Nice, nice. That's revealing healing. And he has people on there. He like interviews people like we're doing now with motivational health stories. So if you would like a little inspiration in your life, definitely head on over to Revealing Healing Podcast. All right, Ryan, why don't you just kind of drop into your health journey, describe for us what acromegaly is, and and we'll go from there. Okay, fantastic. Thank you again, Brandy, for having me on. I appreciate it. And um, I hope... uh, um, your audience is engaged by some of this because, you know, what I kind of went through with my health journey is what actually got me to where I am today, which I think is a key thing when you go through something, if you can turn it around and use it to your favor, that's always, you know, the yin and the yang, so to speak, going way back. But 
Um, so yeah, I, uh, I graduated from high school in 1994 and, um, I'm from Iowa, central Iowa, Des Moines area actually. And, um, decided really, I wasn't going anywhere really fast. So before I knew it, I was joining the military and I left for boot camp in November of 1994. I hadn't <laughs> really been out of the state much. I'd never been on a plane. Uh, I kind of sound probably like a hillbilly, uh, but because we did have cars and running water in Iowa at the time, but I, I just really had never left the state, <laughs> left the state. And so it was an experience um, going into the service for sure. Um, you know, I went to boot camp in Great Lakes, uh, which is just north of Chicago and, and, and actually is the only boot camp now for the Navy. But after boot camp, which is like six, eight weeks, uh, I went to a, to a, a schooling um, to kind of get you ready to be sent to wherever your duty station is. And in my case, I was going to a ship. And my uh, actual ship was the USS Abraham Lincoln. It's an aircraft carrier. At the time, it was stationed in Alameda, California, which is right in between San Francisco and Oakland, if you're not familiar. But so I get through boot camp, I go through the schooling and then off I'm going to California, just like that before you know it, you know, six or, or excuse me, three, four months earlier, I didn't, I was sitting at home doing nothing. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a Navy uniform and I'm standing next to the most enormous ship I've ever seen in my entire life. But, you know, going into the military at that time, there wasn't a lot going on. Um, certainly not after uh, post 9-11 where you, you have all these individuals coming back with PTSD and, and, and just severe, severe tra trauma, no matter whether it's physical or mental. And so it was a different time. You know, we worked hard and we also played hard. We drank hard, quite honestly. It's just kind of what you did. And in the, uh, I, as, as, as far back as I can remember, it started in late 1996, early 1997, I started to develop some really weird symptoms um, I had always really worked out, but I really started to become really strong, like strong you see when somebody's on steroids. Um, and it was it was kind of building. And when I would work out, it would even intensify more. Um, and so the reason I can say that, you know, I knew I was getting stronger, you know, I was able to bench press like 225 pounds, like 35 times and do all these things you see when you when these people go into the NFL, they go through what they call the combine. And so it just kind of progressed. And I thought, well, you know, I must just really be working out pretty hard. And, and that must be what it is. Fast forward to about October, late October, 1997. In about a three-week span, I went from having an, a natural overbite, just like most of you out there probably listen now, Brandy, you have now, just where your front teeth go over your bottom teeth. I went from that to an underbite in about three weeks three to four weeks time frame, meaning my bottom jaw actually grew out, you know, straight out. So I went from having an overbite to an underbite. And, and at the time it was obviously very weird and surreal. Now, you know, I'm 22 years old, 21 years old, 22 years old at the time. And so I knew something was weird. I knew something was wrong. And, and I threw that time frame up to that point. I really hadn't been seen by a doctor, a Navy doctor, just through dumb luck. Um, and the reason that kind of three or four week span is so vivid to me is because I was going to have knee surgery. I hurt my knee on the flight deck. And so I was having surgery. And so I was going to be off the ship for a month. And I remember driving with my buddy who I still talk to to this day. And he was in the service with me as well. And by this time, we were in Washington State. And he was driving me to a whole nother duty, uh, to a whole nother base to have surgery. 
and I was telling him, you know, my bottom jaw literally has gone from an overbite to an underbite. And then by that time, you know, I was, I was pretty big. I mean, I, 6'4", 285, 95 pounds. Not so much the height, but I mean, I was extremely strong. I think I had like 6% body fat. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because there was something weird going on in, in my body. So, so I get that, through, Wait, Ryan, yeah. Ryan. So, so during like that six month period, did you see your body like, like kind of like you're on steroids? Did yes. you see your body just getting bigger and bigger? Yes. Were you like going, wow, <laughs> this is kind of uh, cool because I'm working out to get bigger, is. but what's yeah. really going on? Yeah. Okay. It is. Okay. And, and, but I would go through some really, really bad, um, fits of rage. Like you hear when people are on steroids, they, they commonly refer to it as roid rage. And I, looking back on that now, I realize it. And, but it's because of what was going on that was creating that. And so, yes, I did. And it was, na- it was noticeable by others because I went home in the spring of 1997 um, and so this is before my jaw had grown, but people were like, God, you're, you're insanely big, you know, cause when I left for the military, I weighed 210 pounds and by now I'm 290 and just over about two and a half years. So something was clearly going on. And so, yeah. And so then I have the knee surgery in November of 97 and this is where it kind of gets a little odd, a little weird and where it's kind of driven home that I clearly have something wrong. In January, I went to the ship's doctor. So this is January of 1998, just for a checkup. And then they determined they needed to pull some of my wisdom teeth. And in that appointment, the Navy dentist said, hey, I think you have something little odd going on. You have larger than normal space between your teeth and between my teeth and your tongue's larger. And then he looked at my hands and my hands were larger. And he's like, I think you have something wrong with your pituitary gland. And that was it. It didn't go anywhere else. And so I was freaked out and they took out my top wisdom teeth. Well, the reason they didn't take out my bottom wisdom teeth is because my bottom jaw had grown out so far that my wisdom teeth were actually lined up with the back of my top teeth by this time. So you got to kind of visually think of that, but it was basically, it was really screwed up and my jaw hurt and, and it was, it was just becoming this real issue. It became this running joke when I went back to what we called our birthing area. And, and, you know, when you're in the Navy or in the military and with your bunch of guys, you see and talk about stuff that you just wouldn't tell your mom. Okay. But you don't, you, you, I was joking. I said, hey, they said I have something wrong with my pituitary gland. What do you guys think I should do? Because it was really odd. I didn't get referred on for more treatment, quite honestly, and da-da-da-da-da. Plus, and, you probably didn't even know what that was. No, I, I had no idea. I, I was just, I, you know, terrified. I, I just, I didn't want to know. I was at that point, Brandy, I had about eight months left and I knew I was getting out. And when you get under a year in the service, this, and I think this is the case for most people who go in who know they're getting out, all you're thinking about is getting out. You know, I was going to be by that time at four years, four years is a long time. So I was ready to move on from the military. And so, and in the next two months, we were going on a major deployment, which they call a Westpac, which was for six months. And we were going to be over in the Persian Gulf. And so it just, we had this, there was a lot going on. And so it became this running joke with me and my friends in the Navy, in the military at that time, you know, we were calling it, they got switched from a pituitary gland to a penal gland. So it became this joke. And because nobody knew what the hell we were talking about, right? So yeah, 
But here's now, now, now the symptoms really starting to heighten. So we leave for our Westpac out of Washington. It was in Everett, Washington at the time. Now the carrier is in, I believe it's in Virginia now. And I don't even think they have a carrier in Everett, Washington anymore. But we live, I think we left in May. And when you go on a six month deployment, it, it, it sucks. I mean, you're gone for six months. You're off foreign soil. You stop in Hawaii on the way back, but you're gone for six months. And, uh, my head started getting bitter, bigger. When I, I worked on a flight deck, I was a flight deck director. And so we're moving the jets around. It's really kind of a dangerous job. And you got all this stuff on and specifically you have this cranial on, it's called a cranial. It's like a helmet. And then it's got a microphone on it and you're talking and then you're doing all this. It's a hundred miles. It's orchestrated chaos basically, but my cranial wouldn't fit. And as the summer months went on, it got I'm like, what, what the hell is going on? And I was really, really tired. Now, when you work on a flight deck, especially when you're on a deployment like that, you get zero sleep. I'm talking, it's 17, 18 hours a day, every day. It's, it's miserable. Um, and so I just, I knew something was going to fast forward to the, to when I get out in November, a regular baseball hat doesn't fit me at this time now. So something's really weird. I get out of the service. I come back to Iowa and people are like, man, you look just kind of different. And I think I freaked people out a little bit, quite honestly. But, you know, nobody, it just didn't really, I didn't do anything further about it, believe it or not. So about a year later, I'm with my mom and my mom's really big on teeth because I never needed braces before any of this crap happened. And she's like, I think we should go have your teeth looked at because it was just driving her nuts that I had this underbite. My teeth had become crooked. So we went and uh, long story short, uh, we went and this chain of events happened. The orthodontist is like, yeah, you kind of have a problem. I think he knew immediately. So he sent me to an oral surgeon and the oral surgeon, like the next day, the oral surgeon is like, you have a pituitary tumor, but I want a brain tumor, but I'm going to refer, re, for, forward you to an endocrinologist. So I go to the endocrinologist and one thing led to another and it was determined I had a pituitary tumor, brain tumor. And so that's right on, right behind the front of your forehead. Your pituitary gland controls a lot of stuff. It, it's, it's bad for both men and women, quite honestly. The, the, the actual brain tumor after doing x-rays and MRIs and working with and seeing the neurosurgeon was about the size of a lemon. And so about three weeks after I was diagnosed, I had the surgery. The surgery is really odd on how they take out a pituitary tumor. They actually go up through the top of your mouth. Without showing you in person, it's kind of hard to explain. But what I had is acromeglia. And so acromeglia is basically, basically giantism. And I didn't get it allegedly. I don't know if I've ever came out of adolescence, Brandy, quite honestly, but I didn't get the height. Like you see a lot of these people who are really tall. Uh, sometimes they have acromegaly. Andre the Giant, Tony Robbins has said, you know. Tony and, Robbins, yeah. yeah. And, yeah you right. can, and Ryan, it, I, Ryan, I just want to like kind of just put something in perspective for people. Yeah. So the pituitary gland is this tiny gland inside the, forefront kind of the front aspect of your brain and it's the size of a pea yeah so for you to have a lemon sized tumor on your pituitary gland like this is no joke yeah yeah pretty scary stuff and and it's probably could be said that my brain was the size of a pea as well brandy but that's where the tumor was at was on the pituitary gland and it what 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 it what it does though 
especially when one starts to get that large, two things are going to happen. Either one, it's going to explode, which that has happened before people have lived, come to find out, which just sounds just really medieval when you think about it. But it was pushing in on my optical nerves because those are all up there too. And so, the, you know, then you run the risk of losing your eyesight and just all of this just, you know, kind of crazy stuff can happen. So, yeah, I it, it's since that time I've come to become a pituitary gland expert based on all the drugs I'm on and the endless amount of stuff I've had to do. But so they take the tumor out about three weeks after I have the same neurosurgeon today that I had then, Dr. Piper. I would, I would, I it will be like a divorce when he finally moves on. I've had that happen with some of my other doctors. It's I don't know about you, but for your or your listeners, it's very traumatic. I think when that happens, you become attached to them. You know, when you put your life in their hands. You hate to see him go. So uh, I was, I've been very lucky with all of my doctors, extremely lucky. Uh, even when I wasn't always happy with, the, with the, the information, they were always up front. I think that's the key thing with a good doctor. They're not going to sugarcoat. They're going to tell you that's not what people like sometimes. But so the tumor's gone. They test me again. Uh, you still have elevated growth hormone levels. So, you know, a, a, a typical growth hormone level is between, I believe it's between 250 and, and 500. At my Wait, height, hold on one second, yeah. Ryan. How did how did the pituitary uh, tumor go away? So did you get surgery? Yeah, I did. Yep i had I had two hours of brain surgery to remove it, and um, that's where they go up through the top of your mouth into your nose canal and take it out. And uh, I was in the hospital for four or five days after the surgery. When they take the pituitary gland, I'm sorry. When they take the tumor out for this type of procedure, they actually then cut skin out of some part of your body. For me, it was right above my belly button. They roll all that up and then they pack that in your nose, believe it or not, because you have run the risk of your spinal fluid moving around. And so, yeah, so for three or four days, I was in the hospital. My nose was, this looked like I got hit by the front of a, hit by a car right in my face. And, you know, I remember the day before I came home, they had to pull that out. And it's like, like, I believe it was like 10 feet rolled up, believe it or not, in there, but it's so tightly packed and it was extremely painful. But what? that's part of, yeah, that's part of the process. And it's, it's very kind of a, a mid, uh, I, I, I've, I've used this term already once, but it is very kind of medieval. The scary part is, is what they had to do to take these things out like 20 or 30 years ago. I mean, they were, I think, literally cutting right through your forehead. So they've come a long way with the technology, but yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the process. And then of course they take it out and, and you hope that it's gone, you know, that it's really not over. And so they send you home and, and believe it or not, I was up moving around and, and, and you just, you just, you just move on. And, uh, I, get, I had to go back and get retested. And for anybody who's been sick and you're, you're trying to figure out what's wrong with you, the testing and waiting and retesting, it sucks. That's the worst part other than the insurance, which is always a nightmare too. I got to put a plug in for insurance because everybody's familiar with that. But so I, yeah, I, I wait for the test. The tests come back and they're like, your growth hormone level is still elevated. Not as high as it was, but we took the tumor out. We know it was a success, but you still have cells of the tumor embedded somewhere up there in your skull. And so um, you, you, you're going to have to go on medication, you know, for as long as needed, which ultimately for me is going to be the rest of my life because it's, I still have the same elevated numbers as I did even after the tumor was removed. 
And so, this is probably why you were growing so fast because your yes, growth hormone went so high. Absolutely it is. And it's why it's basically like a natural steroid. And so, you know, a normal growth hormone level is between, I think it's, I should know this, forgive me, between 250 and 500. And at the height of what I had, I was at 1800. So it's pretty crazy. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty nuts what science can. And, and, you know, when you, if you really, if you, you know, I've certainly asked, well, where do these things come from? And, you know, at the end of the day, I think all the research I've done and and I'm not a neurosurgeon, so they're going to probably tell me I'm wrong. I believe it's two things. One, it's hereditary. I really believe that you, it may jump 10 generations uh, and it's in, or, and, and, or it's just a degenerative gene. You just don't know why. So yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, f- f- when I got back out of the service in, in 1990, late 1998, I, I didn't kind of mention this, but, you know, the way I looked, I started to notice, yeah, I, I do look a little different. I don't know why in the Navy, I kind of just, but I didn't, wasn't processing it. I think maybe it's because it, it really took a dramatic fast lane from late or from when I was, that was the last six or seven months. And so I become really like, um, just really anal about how I looked. I couldn't wear a hat. My head was bigger. You know, all of these things when your, when your body changes or alters, it, it, it really played a psychological effect on me, which I finally have, I've gotten over, which I'll get to, but yeah, I mean, and and this is the story, unfortunately with a tumor after that first surgery doesn't end there because all along I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get this done, but I'm going to get my jaw fixed too. And so that was the whole process. I had to have braces put on, wear them for two and a half years. Now, mind you, I didn't wear braces as a kid. I didn't need them. That's how bad everything was jacked up. Wow. Yeah. And so the surgery to fix my jaw was the more of the gnarly, if to be completely honest, that was actually done in Iowa City. Um, the University of Iowa is in Iowa City, and it's a very big college for, for, for um, all things medical. It's a fantastic uh, center. And, but that was an eight hour surgery they, or seven and a half hour, seven and a half hour surgery, excuse me. They actually go in, long story short, they went in, they cut the backbones out of my bottom jaw. They pushed my jaw back, wired shut. It's a whole process. That was, the, the swelling was so bad, it blacked both my eyes. It was a real kind of long process, but I was so excited to get it done to just get some normalcy back in how I looked. You have to understand, you know, when you, when you change your smile or, you're afraid to show your teeth or, you know, I really feel for people when they're, you know, if they don't get braces as a kid, when they need them because of financial or whatever, you know, they just don't get the opportunity. I get it. It's, it's, it sucks. And so, or anything that you need help with physically or mentally, but once you get it fixed or once you make a peace with yourself that it is what it is, you've got to move on and you got to take all of that just headache and pain you had with it and turn it into creative energy. And so, it's now, it's just a, like a lifelong thing. I go to the doctor. I mean, I go to the doctor now more than most of the nurses who work at the damn places, to be honest with you. But I mean, it is what it is. I gotta, I'm on all kinds of drugs and I have to get shots to block the growth hormone. Then I have to get testosterone shots because I don't have a pituitary gland. When they took the tumor out, it completely wiped out my pituitary gland. So no kidding. Yeah. yeah so it's wow. Just, so, yeah. you know, Ryan, just, I mean, just for the listeners here, um, just want to be clear that the pituitary gland is really, really important. It's, it's called, it's known as the master gland because it's the master hormone controller of the whole freaking entire body, essentially. Yep. Yep. I mean, it does everything from regulate um, thyroid stimulating hormone, which, 
you know, tells your thyroid to produce thyroid hormones. It regulates your adrenals. It it regulates your ovaries, your testes, your metabolism, your growth, your reproduction. Uh, For us women who are having babies, um, uh, breast milk and, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, it's it's a huge player in the body. And to not have one, I can't even imagine what that would take to try to regulate all of those functions with medication. I, t- I I totally agree, I, and I and I, I in full honesty, you know, as scary it is as it is to have acromegaly acromegalia as a man, it is ten times worse as a as a as a female. I mean, I've seen and met some folks um, who have had it when they're female, and and you know, it's one thing to be big as a man; it's a lot harder as a female. So I really feel. You know, if you go through that and it's just, it's luck, it's, it's luck of the draw. It's like winning the bad lottery, you know? So it, it really is. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's just one of those uncontrollable things. And when you're, and when you're going through that, you know, with an endocrinologist, an endocrinologist is basically a blood doctor, a diabetes doctor, for lack of a better term, among a lot of other things, but it's just trial and error on a lot of stuff. Try this, do this, let's test again. It's, it's just, you got to get really used to kind of being like that. I think that when you, when you go through that, I, I just didn't dawn on me till a few years ago, but when you go through a lot of that, it changes how you're able to handle other stuff, I think. And um, you're able to process things a little different. doesn't mean you don't fly off the handle and all that, but um, yeah, just, you got to think about things in a different way. And of course, there's no real life expectancy with agrimeglia. You can ask, you know, they're not going to tell you though. You just, it depends. The one thing I do worry about uh, in full disclosure is I have to take a lot of testosterone and I don't need it just because I want to, you know, for all the reasons you, you hear a guy say, I want more testosterone. I just need it because I don't have any, it's like calcium for women. I, I just, I lack it because of the gland being gone. And when you don't have testosterone, it has kind of the same effect for women without calcium, you know, your bones become brittle. And so you don't know what it's going to do to your heart. And so it is what it is. Yeah. So that's, that's the acromeglia story, uh, kind of in a nutshell of how it all happened. And, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah, you just use it. Well, to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I, I honestly, I didn't realize you were still suffering in that way and, and we're still having to take medication and all that. I didn't realize all that stuff about your stories. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. You're absolutely. Yeah. Glad to share it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like, I mean, I've had my own fair share of <clears throat> illnesses and things like that, but I'm, I've, I've been able to overcome them. Like sure. I don't have to continue to be on medication, but there's a lot of people, a lot of my listeners I know for sure are in situations where they do have to continue to med- take medication just like you. And, yep. you know, I appreciate you. Um, I, cause I know where you're about to go in this uh, conversation and I appreciate you, um, offering the support that you're about to offer because, yeah. you know, I think that people who, feel like they're stuck with the way it is, which, you know, for you, clearly you've done a lot of your work and there's, there's just, if you don't have a pituitary gland, you have to have medication to, to supply yep. what Absolutely. you need yep. so your body works correctly. You know, there's other people who are on medication, like medication for diabetes type two, that feel like they quote unquote need the medication because they need to regulate their insulin. However, diabetes type two is completely resolvable with diet and exercise Exercise. alone. So, you know, there's, there's, 
also that fine line. I think it's really important to be aware and, yep. and to wake up to whether or not you can affect more change in your life. And that's what you've done. You've come forth with these things that you're about to, um, I'm so excited to share with my listeners that yep. have really gotten you to take your mind off of, I'm, I'm a victim to my illness to I'm empowered to help other people. Absolutely. Well, I, I totally agree. And I totally agree with everything you're saying. You know, the one thing I've found is when people are really sick, they don't always talk about it. When people think they're sick, they bring it up all the time. I think that's the difference between the two, you know, and, and so <gasps> true. Yeah, I think it is the truth. And so, um, you know, you just, when you hear people say, oh, I got this and this and I, like, oh, that's great. You know, I got to go to the doctor and get 500 shots and take 70 pills. But yeah, I, here's the real thing. Here's the real crux of it. So I really, I, I full disclosure, I really battled uh, mentally, psychologically, even after I had, um, you know, the, the, the jaw surgery that was in 2003, 2002, I'm sorry, but really not fully healed till 2003. And, you know, except for this tumor, this is a really weird part too. I like and knock on wood, I don't get really the flu. I don't have colds. I had bad eyesight. I was able to get that fixed with corrective eye surgery. Lucky enough, I've had knee problems, but it's really weird. It's just like, I've always kind of wondered in my own, like, (laughs) this is going to get really weird spiritually, but like before I was born, it's like, you know, whoever, God, whoever, whoever you believe in asked, hey, so what do you want? Do you want to get the flu and colds like every year, or would you just like to take this big brain tumor? And and I'm like the weirdo that would say, let's just do the brain tumor. They don't have to worry about the flus and the cold, right? I always think like that in weird terms, but um, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, Brandy. I got sick and tired of worrying about the way I looked and, and just, you know, the size of my head, it just really, and, and I'm not talking like, I don't have to, my head is not as big where I can wear the Napa hat. If you know what I'm familiar with on the top of the trucks, I'm just saying it's like, it's, it was a different size and, and it, and it, it just did psychologically screw me up. But about seven, eight, nine, nine, 10 months ago, actually a year ago, I, I just like, I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to figure out a way to take what I've gone through and just, I'm going to, I hate to say be profitable. I'm going to use my experience to get others to use their experience, to help people, to inspire them. And if I can make it into a full-time career, even better, that's what I would love to do. And it was really going to the doctor's office all the time where I'm kind of like, you know, it would be really cool to interview people who have acromeglia because it's really rare and you just don't meet a lot of people like that. And then it turned into, well, you know, I could, what if I interviewed a lot of people who had brain tumors? And, oh, there's a lot of those because people have brain tumors. Just sometimes they don't know how to shut up. They can just talk forever. I don't know what it is, but like brain tumor folks can just go on and on and on. They're really excited. I think it's because, you know, be, yeah, I had somebody's hand on my brain. Did you, you know, but it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's just one of those weird things. And then it morphed into, okay, I'm going to try to talk to, people who had cancer. And then it's like, now I want to interview anybody who's, who's got a health crisis, no matter what that is, you know, whether it's domestic abuse or mental health or diabetes or whatever, if you figure it out a way to, to get through a hell that you were living in, then somebody else needs to benefit from it so you can help them. And what I've really found is people are all about doing that. They just know naturally they, they can help others and they really gravitate to it, towards that. But you know, I was in those doctor's rooms. I'm like, I'm going to start doing this. I want to do this. So I was mentally making a note all this. And this is the way I am. I, I we, you know, I've always thought, I don't mean this to sound arrogant whatsoever. I always knew that I was going to be able to do something big. I didn't know what, and I've only been doing two months of podcast. Okay. I don't mean to, I'm not, 
<laughs> Joe Rogan, by any means, I'm not Brandy, by any means, but I always <laughs> thought I was going to be able to do something that, to help others, to impact others, not just help, but impact. And so, you know, I, I really didn't start getting into podcasts until late summer, early fall. And I was listening to Entrepreneurs on Fire. And, you know, we've talked about this before with John Lee Dumas. And I kind of bought into everything he was saying. And because John's interviewed, I think, 17 million people somehow, some way. I mean, that guy's kind of set the bar so high for interviews. No it's, joke, man. Yeah, I mean, it's Thank he, you, John. We love I you. <laughs> I don't know how that guy, that guy is just, he is doing it, has done it. I mean, he's a I think he Amazing. gets bigger every month. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's very, very helpful. So, but yeah, and, and I just, I just lucky enough, I caught that podcast and I was driving and it just, I'm like, okay, so I'll, I could try to do this. And then, you know, the creativity that I've always had, and, and I'm really big on the arts and music and stuff like that. I just didn't know how to use it or use it in the right spot. And I think a lot of people go through that. And once I found that I can, hey, just interview these people, uh, you know, I've made no money off doing any of the stuff I'm doing. And, and, but to get all these people on and interview them and then, but to get the reaction from other people, that is the best part. It's like buying a present for somebody, right? And you give it to them and mm. they love it. And, and when you can, somebody emails, cause I've got this uh, a few times and it's like, Oh my, okay. That's exactly why I want to do it. That's like, and I know I didn't even, wasn't even doing the best job I could on the podcast. So that's the cool thing. But everybody has that in them. And I think especially people who are, who've gone through some trauma and it doesn't matter what the trauma is. You've got through the trauma, take that knowledge, take that desire, desire, excuse me, that you used, that you used to get through it and apply it to something creative to not only help yourself, but more importantly, help others. And you're going to find this whole new world. And I, I just really believe it. All these resources are out there. And we talked about entrepreneurs on fire. This is a perfect time with technology. And if you got the time, if, excuse me, if you have the will to make the time, then um, sky's the limit on what you can do. And I just, you just cannot say no. And honestly, Brandy, and, and with all of the people I've been fortunate enough to interview, they've given me the time to come on. The number one thing, and they all say this two things, almost all the time they say, almost every time they say, if you are positive, you're going to make it happen. That's no difference if you're coming out of a health issue or you're starting your own business. They just believe in themselves. Key thing, and two, doing some type of physical activity with fitness. And it's just, it's th those sim two simple things. And I know they're not that simple, but if you believe in yourself and you are hell bent on making it happen and you, and you stay active, you're going to have it, you're going to make it happen. So I wouldn't, honestly, I've never said this, I guess, uh, especially in a format like this, but I wouldn't change what I've gone through because it wouldn't have been able to allow me to do what I'm doing now. The last two months, two or actually it's longer than that. Cause I really kind of got really into this full bore in November, but going live in March, um, it's, it's been the most refreshing six months of my, seven months of my life. I've absolutely loved it. I mean, and I'm working on this stuff all night and on the weekends. It's just about trying to find other people to get on and express themselves. I feel like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like podcast is just this awesome new way to, of art and you, the way you put it all together and you interview and you keep the podcast going as a host and then you package it and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, you know, you know what I mean. So cool. It is. Yeah, cool. I do. I do. And, 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 and I actually, I feel the same way you do, Ryan. I, I truly do. I, I even through all the the crazy challenges that I've been through in my life, yeah. I would not change it. I wouldn't wish it on anyone else, and I certainly don't want to do it again. But I yep. wouldn't 
change it. And I think it's so, so vital. It's a huge point. It's so important because, you know, there's this place where it's like, oh, I'm a victim to my story. Yep. And, and if I'm a victim to my story, I don't believe that I could or you could ever get to that place where I'm grateful yep. for the experience of my past history. So, and then that, that gratitude of being able to be grateful for it, uh, the consistency and the motivation and the in, insistent uh, movement towards realizing a greater level of health, whatever that is for yep. yourself is, is what it takes. And yeah, it takes moving your body. It takes eating the right food. But, but I think the, the bottom of all of that is shifting your mindset to a place of, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. I am not doing this anymore. I'm over it. I'm not going to talk about it to my friends that I'm sick or that I have this problem. I'm just going to do something to elevate myself. Absolutely. If it's call on other people, if it's hire a coach, if it's get a trainer, whatever it is, elevate yourself. And you got to get your head there and then start taking action. Yeah, I totally agree. And thank you for dropping an F-bomb. I don't think anybody has a more foul or mouth than me, but I'm trying to contain myself on this interview. It's been amazing that I've been able to do it through my whole brain tumor story, but uh, so I, everybody to know all, that. Ryan, all, all of my shows are exp they're labeled explicit because my listeners know I'm going to let it fly. So, you know, if it's in your, if it's an authentic yeah. expression of yourself, yeah, don't hold right. back. Okay. And, you know, thanks for not having an F-bomb every other uh, No, I mean, I, <laughs> trust me, it's, uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, you just, you, I, I, got, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. So part of the weirdness of me, which uh, there's a lot of it, but, you know, I wasn't on social media at all up until January of this year. I mean, I, I got on Facebook in like 2008 for like a week. I just, I just, I'm not doing, it. I didn't want people to see what I looked like. I mean, it's it really, this is like the most cathartic thing. I, when I, you know, I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm going hundred miles an hour. I put all these pictures out and I thought, okay, I'm waiting for it. And here's what happened. Nobody said a damn thing. And that's, that's my point is don't worry about it. Like you just said, mm -hmm. Stop talking about it. Don't, I mean, make it a, make it a, 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 a challenge to yourself that if you're dealing with something or if you've dealt with something, you don't share it with people now. If you've, if you've made peace with it, you use all of that as fuel to get done what you want. It's time to move on to the next step each day, one day at a time. And how you get through all these podcasts and do all this stuff, I mean, you know, you've, you've done twice, three times as many podcasts as me. It's just every day, one day at a time and you start, you start digging your way out of where you were. And before you know it, you know, you have the opportunity to do some of these things like this, but you, you, you cannot dwell on those things. I get people have gone through some really hellacious, hellacious stuff, no doubt about it. You know, whether it's abuse or, or you, you, you were, you were, you know, um, you know, uh, domestic situation that was really bad, or you've had, it doesn't matter if you're out of it. Now you got to use it to your advantage and you owe it to yourself and to the people around you uh, to do more, to impact more. And that's really what it's all about. You have it in you. I really think that people go through like addiction and, um, you know, some of those things where they're just in this revolving wheel of crap. I think that I really believe that those people are the most creative people. They just have not found the path. And when they don't find it, they just go down the other path. And that's the addiction path. But man, if you can get them on the right train of thought and the right, you know, and the right state of mind, they can do some really dangerous stuff in a good way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love what you just said. I totally agree. It just, you just 
shut up and do it. That's how you got to do it. And you're going to, people are going to tell you no, and you're going to get rejected and, oh, well, you just go on to the next thing. I don't know about you, but I, I you know, the one thing I found with this when I've asked, because, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I wonder if they'd be a sponsor. No, we won't. You know, that's kind of a lot of the answers I've got, but it's funny doing this whole thing. I've like could give a shit less what people think. I'm like, I'm doing this because I know it's right. Whether you, it's, if it's not for you. Okay. It's going to be for 10 other people. I think if you have that or 80 other people, if you use the 80, 20 rule, you know, 20% of the people aren't going to care or listen. I wasn't going for them anyway. But that 80% that I can impact, they're going to tell other people it's just this chain of event stuff. So, yeah, you just got to believe in yourself. It's yeah. yeah. And regardless if it's starting a podcast or starting a piece of art or, or starting a routine of going on a hike or a walk every day for 15 exactly. or 20 minutes, it doesn't matter what it is right? It's just like, do something else to shift yourself out of the frequency of victimhood. Absolutely. To to whatever it is you've been experiencing. Yeah. And I really also, I want to say, I really appreciate Ryan, you speaking about the, um, the piece around feeling, uh, not not great around how you look and not wanting to show yourself on social media and stuff yep. like that because I mean I know you know but it's just at, from a woman's perspective Absolutely. this is what we often many of us live with this every single day I know because our our uh, quote unquote worth is often defined by how we look in yep. America Absolutely. and uh, it's something I'm 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 really ad advocating overcoming for women and, mm-hmm. and and it's a big big challenge so you 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 know you kind of have you kind of know what it feels like to be a woman yeah. in, in a way yeah. <laughs> absolutely and, and you know i mean i you're right it's geez you know getting into the social don't get me wrong i was familiar with social media and all that but i i you're right you can't just look at instagram every who's got the shortest shorts on who's doing the most butt lifts who's doing i mean that's what it is but the funny yeah. thing is, is I think here's, I really, I've, I've thought about this a lot since I started to get into this. I think there is a huge group of people out there though, that are looking for, for somebody who is real, who looks and acts like them, who they can relate to. And it's just a matter of finding that group and making an impact to that group. And then they can go make an impact to somebody else. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to e- to interview Eric Weinmayer, who was the first blind guy to, to climb Mount Everest. Oh, and, wow. You did not. Yeah. So, and that episode actually went live today. And and sorry, I don't mean to do a <gasps> plug there, but, but he Oh, is, yeah, definitely. Please yeah, do. This is yeah. great. So, everybody, you really got to listen to that episode. But th- that, this guy has done more stuff than, he's climbed all the summits. He's kayaked the Colorado River, like, and he's blind, but the guy is, is, it's crazy, but the guy is always about getting other people to do it as well. Yeah, I did it, but let's, but it's not a movement unless we get more people to do it. I mean, that's the train of thought. You can tap into that and act like that. Sky is the limit on what you can do. So, yeah. That is so true. That is so true. Yeah. Well, cool. I, um, I, I thank you for all of that. We're kind of coming up. We've got a few more minutes here. And yep. I know um, fitness is a really big piece of what you're doing. And we've kind of touched on that a little bit. But I would you mind speaking a little bit about this app that sure. you're building? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for asking, first of all. So I'm pretty excited about this. So on June 28th of this year, so <laughs> clock's a ticking here, um, I will be releasing the resistance assistance 
Fitness Made Easy app. And the whole premise of the app, you can download it on no matter what type of phone you have. But uh, the, the premise of the app is really to do resistance band training. And it's, it's set up to be easy. Not, there's not going to be 600 different exercises on there. There's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted to set something up that was easy for people to follow along. And it's really geared towards, in full disclosure, a set number of you know, people who are busy, single parents, specifically single moms, looking for a workout to fit in with all the other stuff they have to do, practice and all of that stuff. People who are coming off health issues, people who are going through health issues, veterans, folks who are suffering from PTSD, which can be everybody. And the resistance band training is really a, an awesome way to work out because the, the, they're really light, first of all, all of these are meant to do in your home. You know, so many times when people start working out, they get so afraid to go to the gym. We just talking about the same thing with social media. A lot of times the gyms are just hang out just to everybody stare at each other. You know, you waste time walking into the yeah. gym, getting to the gym. And I've been to the gym. Okay, I'm nothing against it. But when you can do some of these things at home, it just really, it can give you the confidence you need. And so there'll be a new workout every week. And um, it's for change. So you'll do your workout three, two or three times a week, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you're able to do. There'll be 20 to 25 minutes. The following Monday, we'll okay. have a new workout. So very excited about it. Okay. I really appreciate that. I mean, I love my resistance. Yeah. I love the gym too. I'm a freak in the gym. I love yeah. it so much there. And I also love my resistance bands, especially like when I'm traveling exactly. or I'm not not going down like I live in I live in the mountains so unless I'm going down I'm not yeah. going to get to a gym yeah. um so and and as my life continues to unfold my goal is to not go down ever <laughs> unless, I, unless I need something very specific yeah. yeah so I'm getting you know more and more into my home workouts right yep. so uh and then of course a lot of my moms who are um struggling with getting their exercise in this is one of the biggest things I hear from my moms is oh yeah. I don't have time yep. and you know the reality is the dishes are always going to be there right. don't do the dishes instead turn on your resistance uh, what is it called? Resistance assistance. Resistance assistance. Yep. Yeah, resistance assistance app yep. and take that 25 or 30 minutes while the baby's down asleep yep. and just use your band in right. the middle of your living room. Like it's right. fine. It's great. And it works perfectly. And it's just the action of taking, it's just the activity of taking action over and over and over again that get the results. It's never going to be like a, a one-off and you know, you're healthy again. It's, it's right. how you live your life. That's right. And, 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 and I'm a, you know, I worked out in the gym for several years too. And if this at least gets you to the point where you feel, feel comfortable and confident to go to the gym, even better. So, um, totally agree. Yeah. I, the dishes will always be there is right. Trust me. I have to do them too. And, um, Right. say that about a lot of stuff though you just you got to make the time to do it so and you can check all that out at revealinghealing.net that's revealinghealing.net and um yeah i'm very excited about it and uh away we go yeah and i think ryan just from real quick before we go you do have some checklists on your website is that true that, that yeah i do it? yep i do so i created just some easy checklist just to to, to get you thinking um one is uh, how to burn your stress off. I'm a big believer in, in, in converting your stress into, into power, uh, how to keep yourself motivated, how to use uh, a workout with resistance bands, how to get yourself ready for the resistance band training, and then how to get through a health crisis. And you know, one of the main things I've found with a health crisis that really can help you is just, is just staying organized, preparing, and uh, it can really do a lot of good things for you. 
to help you succeed. So thank you for asking about that. And those are on the homepage of revealinghealing.net. It's free. And when you subscribe now, you get a free gift as well. We're into that now too. So very excited. Uh-huh. That's very cool. Yeah. You know, and it just dawned on me, this would probably also be supportive for people who maybe not have their own illness, but maybe your caretakers or have yes. a parent or a child who's sick. Yep. And, yeah. And that's a, yeah, awesome, and that, awesome and that, stuff. And that's a, that's a real girl, you know, 10,000 baby boomers retiring a day for the next 18 years. Think about that. So that, that that's, it's Ooh. the world be changing. So yeah. Got awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate you sharing what you shared and all your offerings and for supporting my community in the way that you're doing. Well, I, I thank you very much for having me on, Brandy. I really appreciate the time. Um, thank you to, to what you're doing with your podcast as well. I've listened to some of your episodes and um, I hope in the next year we're, we're both at the top and um, we can say we were talked to each other 12 months ago. So I look forward to listening to this. And um, That will be fun. Yeah, and, and that I... That will be fun. Maybe we'll see each other at PodX or exactly. something. <laughs> and I just, for all of your yeah. guests, you know, um, just, you know, do not be afraid to get out of your comfort zone and try stuff. Just, just try it. Just do it. Don't be afraid. You live one time. Okay, I'm just... Maybe there's more than that, but you get this one. Worry about this one one day at a time. Yeah. And even if you're afraid, do it anyway. That's right. Or call somebody for support. Absolutely. Yeah. I was afraid to start my podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I think just but maybe you get into it and then you get to interview all these cool people and be around and you listen to these things. It's awesome. You just, you learn, you got to get yourself pushing yourself to the next thing. It's, re, it's really just a whole cool environment. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ryan. Have a great day. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you soon. Okay. Thanks, Brandy. All right, ladies. There we go. And uh, do whatever it takes to turn your soul on. Thank you for tuning in to Turn Your Soul On Radio. If you're finding yourself living a more inspired life because of this show, help spread the light. Share this episode with every woman you know looking to live their lives a little more on fire. I'd also be grateful if you headed over to iTunes and left a heartfelt review, which really helps the growth of the show. I'd also like to invite you to deepen your connection with our community by joining our private Facebook group, Turn Your Soul On. And if you have any other questions, feel free to shoot us an email at admin at drbrandyvictory.com. Thanks so much for being here today and I'll talk to you next time. May your soul be turned on. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor and the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.